You're listening to Women Making Waves on Cambridge 105 Radio. Dr. Madalina Zavisha Riley is an academic psychologist whose research interests include gender, consumer and social psychology and focus mainly on issues of gender, sexism and advertising. She talks to Linda Ness about her participation in the Cambridge Festival of Ideas. Suddenly it dawned on me that I'm getting really, really frustrated by looking at the nth advertisement which portrays a blonde woman who is really <laughs> surprised that washing up liquid actually does any washing. Dr. Magdalena Zavisha Riley has had 15 years of experience in researching advertising, brand image and consumer issues in national and global contexts with a particular interest in gender. She is author of the book Advertising Gender in Society, co-editor of the Routledge International Handbook of Consumer Psychology and a reader in Gender and Consumer Psychology at Anglia Ruskin University. Magdalena is delivering some of the talks at this year's Cambridge Festival of Ideas, which takes place in October. Thank you very much for joining us today on Women Making Waves, Magdalena. Thank you very much for your invitation. Before we hear about the talk that you, or the talks, in fact, you're going to be giving at the Festival of Ideas, let's hear a little bit about you. Where did your interest in consumer psychology come from? It's quite an unusual kind of specialism. It's funny that you asked, but actually it goes back years and years when I was still an MSc student and I was asked to come up with an idea for my dissertation. And I was sitting there at home, scratching my head, and suddenly it dawned on me that I'm getting really, really frustrated by looking at the nth advertisement, which portrays a blonde woman who is really <laughs> surprised that washing up liquid actually does any washing. <laughs> and I was just thinking, oh, wow, maybe there is a problem project in that uh, because I was thinking to myself how come that this actually sells any products uh, is it actually effective and I started digging into the literature I found that the literature was actually quite patchy quite a theoretical quite contradictory in places and quite sparse as well so this is how the project actually was born and it took me the, le- the, the next 15 years or so, or so to actually work on it. So you must have got to the point you really enjoyed researching this. Oh, absolutely. I think I've never got bored of research and <laughs> I think this subject is just never ending. There's always, you know, the moment you answer one question, another one pops up and you want to chase it. So that's what I've been doing for the 15 years. I'm kind of assuming <laughs> that advertising agencies must be really interested in what you're doing because their whole bread and butter depends on getting it right. Yes, definitely. And I think it's very topical today. Uh, my research contributed in part to the new developments and changes to legislation. So Advertising Standards Authority has introduced new regulations as of 14th of June. And now advertising agencies need to really rethink how they portray a man and women because these new rules basically prescribe how men and women should or should not be portrayed trade Mm -hmm. and specifically these legislations were introduced to prevent so-called harmful uh, stereotypes Mm -hmm. and I've spent some years looking at it so I'm really happy to see that finally after so many years we are talking about these things and actually not only talking but actually doing actively something. I know that on Facebook and places like that it's very funny now Mm -hmm. to look back people share them photographs of adverts from the 60s and the 50s 60s 70s Mm -hmm. 
or share an advert that was put out in television during that period. Absolutely shocking. The sexism was just horrendous. They're absolutely shocking and they still uh, make people laugh. But often to my students, I show an edition of these advertisements by a photographer who basically swapped the roles and he swapped you know, the placement of women versus men in these uh, advertisements. And when I show them to the audiences or to the students, they actually still laugh at it. And the question <laughs> is, yes, it is funny, but why are we laughing at it? You know, why is it still funny that, you know, the reversal is perhaps not realistic? Uh, I mean, there's still, you know, that, that kind of indicates that there's still some way to go in changing people's perceptions and what they expect to see of men and women in advertising and elsewhere. You've written a book called Advertising Gender in Society. Tell us a little bit about that. Right. So this book is my baby really uh, that summarizes the 15 years of uh, my research it is a cross-section of what I've learned uh, about advertising and gender and what is there still to learn about it so it talks about advertising generally and the, the links between advertising and society it talks about uh, advertising effectiveness and whether actually advertisements which follow or break gender stereotypes whether they are effective mm-hmm. and how can we perhaps improve effectiveness of some of these portrayals how do they affect the audiences how could audiences prevent the negative effects of exposure to biased advertising and I also include the chapter for the practitioners so advertisers how can they employ the psychological knowledge that we have to actually increase their sales but at the same time also to do some good for the society so because it is possible to actually combine the two marry the two and there is another chapter which talks about what policy makers also could do because there is still some scope for improvement and another chapter which talks about how audiences themselves could be empowered to make changes and to perhaps prevent certain negative effects of exposure to advertising because currently exposure to advertising is inevitable we are exposed to that whether we like it or not. Do you think that it's a a changing landscape all the time? I have a feeling that the way that we perceive gender, the way we perceive the world and advertising and everything else does tend to change. You know, I've mentioned the 50s, 60s, 70s, Mm. but the 80s and 90s weren't an awful lot better when you look at those. It's a changing landscape all the time, really, isn't it? There is definitely a lot of change uh, going on. I would argue the change is not as fast as we would like to see. But there is definitely some evolution. Currently, we see much more openness to uh, perhaps more fluid gender roles um, and definitely uh, presence of women in uh, what stereotypically is uh, seen as, as kind of masculine roles. But ironically, we also see much more portrayal of both men and women uh, in ways which objectify them. And that is a big kind of question mark whether whether this is actually liberal or not. So there are some heated debates about that. But what we see today is, for example, greater objectification of men. It used to be a kind of female problem, if you wish. Now it affects men and exposure to such material, uh, such advertisements actually has negative effects on men. So we need to start talking about it. And uh, there is research kind of emerging in this area as well. So definitely we see some changes and I'm really curious to see how the landscape is going to change after the new legislation as well. Yes, yes, that will that will be interesting to see. You also lecture 
I do. At Anglia Ruskin University, mm-hmm. is that something that you enjoy too? Absolutely. I love my job. I think I'm really fortunate to, to do what I do. I must say that I had a little flirtation with going to industry. I decided that actually I love lecturing. I love the contact with students. I love the rhythm that lecturing gives me. So there's a lot of teaching involved, but also research, which I, uh, which I love. And I even get to do my own consultancy. So I get to be involved with the industry mm-hmm. uh, from uh, under the university, which I think is really great position to be in. I think you're right. I've spoken to other lecturers as well, and they, they say similar things. And it's, it's just a great lifestyle, actually, that allows you mm. to do a lot of bits that you really enjoy. Mm. And it must be great dealing with the young students coming up because they've got fresh ideas as well, especially relating to gender Mm -hmm. and the number of genders because they've got very different ideas than people had 10, 20 years ago. Yes, they are much more sensitive to the subject of gender today and they are very, very interested in social media, for example. So they want to do projects on Facebook, on Instagram, and all that. So I always welcome such new ideas, the fresh kind of thinking. Uh, let's harvest it and let's you know push the boundaries of knowledge further. Yeah. Now, the Festival of Ideas, the Cambridge Festival of Ideas, which is running in October. Tell us about what you're going to be doing. Obviously not in depth because we, no. we want people <laughs> to go along and see it. But yes. So it seems like this Festival of Ideas is going to be very busy for me. I'm involved in at least three events the last time I counted. So two of these are talks that I kind of instigated and one is where I am invited to talk. The most important one for me perhaps is a talk which is related to my recent book Advertising Gender and Society. The talk is titled Because We Are Worth It on Changes in Advertising, Gender and Society. Yes, Because We Are Worth Uh, It. I love that title. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I thought I would piggyback on some (laughs) recognisable slogan and be a little bit cheeky with it as well because the big question is, are we worth it and what what exactly are we worth it as well? So so I hope this title is provocative uh, enough to get people thinking already. The talk is going to be devoted to Uh, the evolution of advertising and gender. I'm going to talk a little bit about how it used to be, how it is now, and surprisingly, right now, the current state of affairs is still far from the ideal. Uh, I'm going to mention uh, my research, which uh, tests the effectiveness of advertisements. And there are some uh, surprising lessons uh, that I discovered. So I'm certainly going to talk about it and I uh, I will mention the new legislation as well. Mm-hmm. And I will give something to the audience. So I will talk about what the audience can do in order to prevent the negative effects, uh, which we know from research that, that exposure does affect negatively, negatively the audiences. So I think very, very few people have been asking the question of how can we empower the audiences? Um, yes, we get things delivered <coughs> to us, don't we? Yes, a lot of the research was focusing on what was the portrayal or what is the portrayal of men and women in advertising and what effect it has on the audiences. But I'm kind of going further. What could the audiences therefore do about it? Can they do anything? And furthermore, what could the practitioners, the advertisers and the policymakers do to introduce further changes?
So that's that's the one that you're doing particularly in gender and advertising. That's right. Yeah. What other uh, what other talks are you giving? So the other type of talk which I organise annually, really, as part of a Festival of Ideas, is the panel talk where I uh, invite fellow social psychologists from Angaraskin. And we talk about an umbrella topic to which we can all speak from the perspective of our own research interests. So this year is going to be a talk titled The Wind of Change in Psychology, A Journey Across Times, Places and Contexts. Nice. And I'm going to have my little bit about gender and advertising, but I have colleagues also talking about homo prejudice globally, how this is changing about perception of injustice as well. There are very surprising findings there in the literature. About Victorian understanding of disabilities, uh, criminality and mental health. Uh, wow. So, yes, that's going to be a really <laughs> be rich, an <laughs> rich, rich, rich topic. And we also are going to mention something about modern technology and social media and how that could be harvested to better mental health today. So really we are uh, embarking on a journey of uh, changes in psychology across the time, across the globe, and we want to uh, kind of paint the picture of where we are today with the knowledge. Well, I think they'll be great. I have been, in fact, along to Anglia Ruskin during the um, Festival of Ideas in the past, and I've attended talks in the psychology department, Mm -hmm. and I loved them. They were just so interesting. And I loved how you said there'll be some surprises, because I think that's great, and it's really, really nice to hear something you weren't quite expecting to learn. Absolutely. I think this is the beauty of psychology, that I think everyone feels a bit of a psychologist, but when you actually look at what, what psychology has to offer it is really eye-opening and you may actually be surprised about some of the things we are going to be talking about. This third event that I am involved in is a very interesting one so I was uh, invited to take part in Sunday Papers Live. So this happens on Sunday as it says on the tin 27th of uh, October and I'm going to be involved in one section of this event which is devoted to business and I'm going to be covering the new legislation uh, related to advertising and gender. That sounds really good as well, Sunday Papers Live. And on a Sunday. (laughs) And on a Sunday, yes. I'm excited about this one because I'm told that this is much more kind of relaxed uh, type of setup. It's supposed to be very interactive uh, and I'm all about interacting with the audiences. So I'm really uh, looking forward to this one. Excellent. Thank you very much for coming in and talking to us today. Thank you very much for having me. And that was Dr. Magdalena Zavisha Riley talking to Linda Ness. I really enjoyed talking to Magdalena. She was absolutely lovely. And I think she'll be an, a fascinating person to listen to in the Cambridge Festival of Ideas, which I have to say is a brilliant festival. I don't know if you've ever been to any of the lectures. They're great. Yeah, I've heard all about this Festival of Ideas. It's happened for a few years and every year I want to go and every year I don't go. But I'm actually quite jealous that you got to speak to Magdalena. Yeah. Because well, she sounded incredible. I know. And isn't it interesting? That it is a whole study. And it makes sense when you think about it, the psychology of advertising. Well, I mean, I worked in advertising and actually years and years ago, I didn't even notice that that's what they were doing. Were you responsible for a woman standing <laughs> at the kitchen sink saying, my goodness, this well, I was certainly the one washing who... up liquid works. <laughs> <Yeah>. Look <laughs> at the gleaming I plate. was young, Linda. I didn't realise until <laughs> now, until for Women Making Waves. But I just love the way she has got really into it. And the, in the consumer psychology part that she's interested in, she's spot on. And she's so keen, isn't she, to 
literally disrupt stereotypical advertising. And we should just mention that the Cambridge Festival of Ideas runs between the 14th to the 27th of October. Hundreds of free events over those two weeks. You can find information on the website festivalofideas.cam.ac.uk You're listening to Women Making Waves on Cambridge 105 Radio.